It's November 24th, and you are locked into Real Talk. This episode of the show is presented by our good friends at Bitcoin Well, with over 200 Bitcoin ATMs in Canada, even more internationally. Why choose Bitcoin Well? Well, in part because of their in-person white glove service. People love the free one-on-one consultations. That's what I love about it. I'm full of stupid questions. They never make me feel stupid. Plus, they can help you set up your Bitcoin wallet. They can help you understand Bitcoin. They can help you feel safe buying Bitcoin. Not everybody can do that. You'll find them under the Sponsors tab at RyanJesperson.com. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Great show in store. This is episode one of season two. Thanks to everybody that joined us in celebrating our first birthday, the first anniversary of Real Talk yesterday. We got to a few of your emails and uh, we've got a whole bunch more. I wanted to get to a few more today because, of course, so many of you took the opportunity to be in touch. It was a little bit overwhelming yesterday uh, for us to be staying on top of our social media platforms as you continue to share with us why this show has resonated with you through its first year means a ton to us. And we're going to keep the ball rolling. We're excited about what year two, what season two looks like. Some big changes for this show. And uh, that's because of the support of audience members like yourselves. You can hit us up anytime on Twitter at the Real Talk RJ account at Real Talk RJ. That's our hashtag as well. And you can send us an email anytime to talk at RyanJesperson.com. Coming up in about eight or so minutes, we'll talk to uh, well-known uh, Western Canadian political columnist Rick Bell. Uh, they call him the Dinger, or at least they used to back in the day. He writes for the Calgary Sun, and, and the Dinger has found himself in the crosshairs of Alberta's Premier Jason Kenney, which is kind of unusual because uh, as Rick writes himself, he's, he's been pretty friendly to the premier for the past few years and and he's been rewarded with first questions or at least regular questions during media availabilities he gets the scoops he gets the exclusives but it sounds like jason kenny's a little bit pissed off with rick bell so we're going to find out why plus we have received information that there was a bit of a dust-up at the United Conservative Party's AGM over the weekend, including the dinger. And so I'm going to ask him what's up with that, whether or not that's true. Rick Bell coming up in just a minute. We're also taking a look at some of the stories that are making news today. I want to hang on to this. You know, every single Thursday we do something called Eat Your Words, and, and I'm working on something big, something explosive, something wildly entertaining for Eat Your Words coming up tomorrow. But we have to touch on it today because it seems like half of Canada is talking about environmentalist and, and longtime media host David Suzuki's comments over the weekend. He was speaking at an Extinction Rebellion protest in downtown Victoria on Saturday, a whole bunch of people marching from Victoria's Centennial Square down to the B.C. legislature demanding the government do more to address the climate emergency. Of, of course, uh, you, you might say that emotions are running hot in British Columbia right now across the country, certainly, but in British Columbia, where they've experienced devastating wildfire for a number of months and then flooding that's absolutely crippled their uh, much of their transportation network and certainly more, including some entire communities. And our thoughts continue to be with the people of British Columbia and, and the brave Canadians, uh, the remarkable people, both in professional and volunteer capacities that continue to assist them. They've moved uh, right now. And, and this is not to look over, gloss over, 
uh, or ignore some of the horrific stories, the fatalities of some people that have been reported or are yet to be reported and the deaths of many, many animals as well. But they've moved from recovery and rescue efforts now into the slow process, uh, but admittedly an accelerated process of demolition and then construction. They're trying to get the Coquihalla Highway running again. They're trying to get railroads passable again. I mean, this is a big deal in B.C. So people are taking a look at climate change and the effect of climate change. And David Suzuki had a lot of eyes and a lot of ears on him over the weekend. You've probably heard by now he made a comment, quote, there are going to be pipelines blowing up if our leaders don't pay attention to what's going on. Well, the Internet exploded if not pipelines, the Internet certainly did. And a lot of people have had a lot to say about this, including Alberta's Premier Jason Kenney yesterday. Uh, but also, I mean, B.C.'s public safety minister chimed in. Mike Farnworth said statements like that are not helpful. I just think it's not helpful at all. Have a climate action plan. That's the way forward. Not by making statements that alarm people or cause concern. Now, the, the average reasonable person will say, well, well David Suzuki He's just a kind old man. David Suzuki's not calling on people to to blow up pipelines like Weibo Ludwig style, allegedly. But you can't make comments like that, can you? Now, here's the thing. Some of the blowback's been a little bit ridiculous, too, though, hasn't it? Now, I'm not going to try to both sides this one right now. I'll save my both sidesing of this until tomorrow on Eat Your Words. But I'm curious to know where you're at on this. And I know that our next guest is going to have an opinion on this. As a matter of fact, I'd go so far as to guarantee it. Before we get to Rick Bell, I want to remind you that more and more Canadians than ever before are looking to Canada's online university at Athabasca University to better develop their skill sets and prepare themselves for a new job market. Their world-class accredited online programs and courses offer flexibility. Like Jennifer, the real talker I was telling you about before, she's earning psychology credentials, some weeks she's full-time, some weeks she doesn't touch her studies at all. It works for her. She found the formula at AthabascaU.ca. Now, while we keep an eye on our hashtag RealTalkRJ, we remind you that it's powered by the team at Park Power. Uh, right now, internet, electricity, and natural gas is their game, and you can compare rates with what they're doing. You take a look at all three utilities and realize that you could be getting a better deal right now. It takes five seconds to go compare your rates at parkpower.ca and then they'll make the switch for you so you don't have to have that awkward phone conversation with your current utilities provider. 2021-RealTalk gets you $70 off your first bill at parkpower.ca. Big shout out to our friends at Sherwood and St. Albert Dodge. They had their biggest sale of the year through the month of October, and I know they're excited right now into November because they've got more and more trailers showing up. Lack of inventory was the problem I was telling you about for the last year with these guys. Dealerships across the province. Now they've got more Ram 1500s. They've got more of the Jeep lineup on their lots, ready to be seen, ready to be test-driven. Nothing like sitting in the vehicle, hearing the door close, put your hands on the steering wheel. Is it a fit? Find out today by checking out their inventory online through the sponsors tab on our website, ryanjesperson.com, or go see them in person, safely distanced at St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge. Well, yesterday we told you that the amazing generosity of one real talker meant that we had 500 bucks burning a hole in our pocket. We said, shout us out a highlight of the show yesterday, whether it's something that Marie Hennon said or something that Malcolm Gladwell said, maybe something that I read from one of your comments. Use the hashtag RealTalkRJ. One of you will be chosen at random to win 500 bucks. We've got our winner chosen. We're going to award that a little bit later on in the show, plus the return 
of one of our top 10 guests as voted by you through the first year of our existence. High Rivers Mayor Craig Snodgrass. You remember him? He said that Jason Kenney was full of shit. It was a top 10 moment on Real Talk as voted by you. He's coming back with a pal of his. You might have heard of singer-songwriter Corb Lund. The two of them are going to be joining me in about a half an hour. But first, this guy's been driving dialogue across the province, and I can say across Western Canada for decades as an oft-controversial columnist for the Calgary Sun. Rick Bell making his Real Talk debut this morning. Rick, I'm trying to figure out, does anybody call you Dinger anymore? I, I mean, me growing up reading your columns, everybody called you Dinger. Well, a couple of people at the UCP convention called me an asshole. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. there are there there are there are there still are a few old timers who call me Dinger, but uh Asshole has become my name more often than Dinger of late. So I'm sitting on a political panel earlier this week in front of a bunch of real estate folks from across the province. And, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting uh, conversation on that panel. I'm sitting next to Derek Fildebrandt. Zane Velge's moderating it. Janet Brown, the pollsters there. Fascinating conversations. Few people come up to me. They were at the AGM, Nutty Conservative AGM over the weekend. They said, hey, I heard that Rick Bell's coming up on your show. They, ha- they said, you have to ask him. Apparently, there was a shoving match, a yelling and shoving match between you and Jason Kenney's foot soldier, Alan Hallman. Is this true? And if so, what happened? No, there, there, was, there, there, was, no, uh, there was no shoving match. Uh, uh, late in the evening, uh, he made a uh, few comments, and I, I basically made a few comments back, and that's where it went. And I got an apology the next day, so that's as far as it went. A Hallman apology. Sorry, I, I was going to say a Hallman apology after a conser- UG, uh, you know, an AGM or a United Conservative gathering seems to kind of be the norm. People remember he left the PC leadership convention what was that 2016 in handcuffs uh after getting an argument there what was he taking issue with with you this time well like a lot like there were you know there were a few other people also taking issue just with the fact that i've been writing columns critical of our uh, of the great helmsman and uh you know but i'm a big boy i can take it i'm from winnipeg i'm a tough guy <laughs> I know you can take it, Rick, and and I know you can dish yeah, it out I mean, too. And all, I know you. So I don't think you're gonna you're not gonna mind me. I think pointing out that for for the past number of years, your columns have been pretty damn friendly to the premier. So how could they? I mean, if they're working to alienate you, in my mind, this pendulum has swung all the way that it's gonna swing. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just call it as I see it, and I. I, I have written a lot of columns talking about Jason Kenney being a, a voice of principled conservatism, and of late, I haven't I haven't seen that, and I've seen a lot of mistakes in government, and I've seen a lot of things that I don't like in the government, so I comment on them. It's as simple as that. I don't have a big ideological agenda. I just call it as I see it. I'm like the guy in the press box at the hockey game. If, if the team is not doing well, I'm not going to say the team's doing well if it's not doing well. What am I supposed to be? I'm not on the payroll of Premier Jason Kenney. I'm not his flippant director of communications. That's up to them to spin the stories. It's not up to me to spin the stories. If they think I'm going to do that, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to call it as I see it, as I always have. But I, you, you know, know, I was supportive of Ralph Klein on some things, and then I attacked Ralph Klein. I've been supportive of of all sorts of things. I mean, it's issue by issue. And former NDP leader Brian Mason used to call me a maverick. I'll take that. And I don't mean the maverick party. But 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a flipping shill for anybody, any position. Sometimes people on Twitter will say, well, he agrees with Jason Kenney on one thing. Oh, he's back to Rick Bell, the butt kisser of Jason Kenney. No, it's got nothing to do with that. I never think about that for a minute. I just look at the issues and talk about them. And that's why I've gone on uh, the COVID broadcasts and I've talked about and talked about the uh, terrible response for the fourth wave as an example. Or I've talked about the leadership review a lot and how a lot of people in Alberta do not like Jason Kenney. And many people in Alberta hate Jason Kenney. What am I supposed to say, that they don't? That if I went door to door in Calgary, that suddenly, you know, they're in love with him? I'm not the propaganda ministry here. But it's interesting, and I know you've seen this online, because when you push back, and there's been a couple of, uh, of notable moments, um, mostly these phone-in uh, pressers or news availables, which must drive a longtime right. scribe like you a little bit nuts. I know you guys like being there in person as much as you can be, but, yeah. but when they take a Rick Bell call, and, and a lot of people roll their eyes and they go, oh, here, here we go again, Rick Bell gets the first question because he's going to kiss Jason's ass, and then you come at him a little bit, and then all of a sudden social media people go, oh, when you've lost rick bell when you've lost rick bell because they do think that you're kind of that last bastion of like you said i mean you're the unofficial or the you know the the independent press secretary's office i know you want to push back on that but that's how a lot of the members of the public have seen you over the last few years yeah and 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 i don't get that because i i was one of the big voices by the way when people on the left uh, in the Redford era and in the dying days of the Toryland dynasty, I was the term that I was a guy who uh, called it Toryland. I was the guy going against the cronyism and corruption of the PC dynasty. I'm the one that wrote the obituary in the 2015 election on election night when a lot of them were sort of treating, well, Redford's a bit of a progressive. Maybe you're going a little bit overboard. So I don't know where they're getting that from. Yes, I I thought that Jason Kenney ran, ran a better campaign than Rachel Notley in 2019. You know, go after me for that. But this this idea that I'm sitting there uh, with a bunch of books of conservative philosophy and then measuring that against uh, the political reality, no, I am looking at the performance of the government, the performance of the opposition, Sometimes it's Calgary City Council as well. And, you know, I remember last election, they there were all this speculation on Twitter. He's going to be made the chief of staff to Jason Kenney. He's going to be made the director of communications for Jason Kenney. I never got a phone call. I don't get phone calls from Jason Kenney. What if you would have been asked? Would you have done it? Probably not, no. But you thought about it. Uh, not really. How long have you, how long have you had that? You've had the column at least 30 years. Yes. Have you I've ever, been, well, I've been in, in, in this game 32 years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that the Redford, the, the anger. I, mean, around, I, I guess I'm, I guess, I guess I'm looking back and going, I, I want to stay in this game, the same game that you're in. Yeah. This is, uh, this is where the action is. Oh, this man. is where the, especially your show here, you know, we're in the high octane reality here. Yeah. Because what would happen is if I was ever hired by any politician, I'd be fired within 48 hours. So what's the point? 
<laughs> I'd pay to watch it, Rick. I'll tell you that much. Hey, you've so you've been doing this 32 years. Uh, Albertans were obviously pissed off at Allison Redford. Her party was pissed off at her. Right. Uh, Albertans have been pissed off at Rachel Notley. Uh, Albertans were certainly yeah. pissed off at Jim Prentice. But have you ever seen anything at the level that it's at right now for Jason Kenny to provide a tiny bit of context without adequate background? I'll acknowledge Janet Brown, who's polling in my mind is as close to bulletproof as it gets, has said that if Jason is able to stay on as party leader and win the next provincial election, it would mark a political comeback of the likes she has never witnessed. What's it like from your perch? Janet is absolutely right, because the people that are talking viscerally in here, in the heart, are talking against Kenny span all political philosophies, all political positions, and you encounter time and time again from voters, not people on Twitter, not people even on political Facebook, but just voters saying they just do not like them. Even if they can't point to a particular policy, they still say they do not, some of them even say hate the premier. And that level of intensity among such a broad band of people is quite amazing to behold. And even when he does something that is, you know, perhaps not as controversial, people still, that is not moving the dial. And that's what happened at the UCP convention. There was all this love in. They yeah. stacked the convention. Everything's love. Alberta's on the rise. Alberta's on a roll. They love me. They love me. I survived without a major screw up. But did that really move the dial in the real world? No. People still feel the same way now that they felt last week. But, it, you know, and, and if, if he came back from that, if people suddenly at the door went from, I cannot stand this guy, get off my doorstep, I don't even want to talk about him, to, yes, I'm voting for, for Premier, it would be a monumental comeback. Because with somebody like Alison Redford, it was issue-related. It was to deal with the misuse of government flights, of the government fleet of planes. With Ed Stelmack, some people didn't like, uh, you know, the spending, didn't like what he did with royalty review. With Ralph, they thought it was, you know, his time to go. He'd run out, he'd run out of steam. He ran a campaign about nothing in 2004. Those were all related to a thing, a complaint. With Kenny, it's about him. Now, I will tell you, that they believe, if you want a little insight into strategy, his people believe he can be elected next time even if you don't like him. And how that's going to happen is we're going to have happy days are here again. Everybody will be flipping houses, buying condos. And if the economy's booming, people will say, I don't care. I hate him, but I'll vote for him. So their strategy is, they're not going to try to get elected on you liking Jason Kenney. It's just by the time the election happens, you are going to be rolling in so much money. You are going to be having such great a time that you're going to say, I don't care. I'm voting for JK. There are a faction of voters that will vote that way. You know that. I know yeah. that. I'm not, I'm not concerned about That's that, but I will say that a lot of people, you know, one of the things I said on the radio before the last election, I don't know if you know, Rick, but I used to have a radio show before I did this. Yes, I, I, I do. I said that I said there's going to be people voting for both significant parties in this election, 
plugging their nose and doing it in both directions. And I think a lot of the people that were doing it on the UCP side were the so-called progressive conservatives. That That's the camp that I would probably identify right. with. People that said, I know that he spent time in San Francisco campaigning against the spouses of hospice patients, being able to visit them in end stage AIDS death. And, and I know that he did, you know, all these shady things and faked a citizenship ceremony. I know all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I think he's I think he's going to invest in the pipelines. I think he's going to get it through. I think he's going to get my cousin back to work. And so we're going to vote UCP. And now I think they've seen what happens when you let the fox into the hen house. They've seen through the bluster. They've realized that a lot of these investments have, have been sort of like narrow vision pointed failures. And I'm not sure people are going to extend the benefit of the doubt again. I mean, these reports of the AGM over the weekend, it's remarkable to me. $80 a barrel oil is already here and the polling is not reflecting it. Every $10 a barrel, Rick, we don't see a 10% jump in the polls for the premier. That's got to say something. So what, it goes to 100 and then all of a sudden everybody forgets the last 18 months? I doubt it. Yeah, I, I, I think they are relying on that there's no, but he, uh, at his final press conference, he talked about far exceeding what he promised, that by the time the election comes, the economy will be far better than even he predicted. So, you know, that's that's what they have to go on. They're not going to win uh, based on, you know, his uh, his winning personality or people having a love affair, a love affair with Jason Kenney. So, Rick, do you uh, honestly think that you really do think that Kenny's going to lead the party into the next election? Well, we'll see, because there's two hurdles. One is the leadership review. But remember, he got his board candidates won the board elections at the convention. They will control how this leadership review is set up. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not putting a lot of money on him losing the leadership review because without getting into things too technical, most people want, that I know, want one member, one vote. That one, he has a hard time winning. But if they have another convention, you know and I know, you've been around. If you have another convention, you know what's going to happen that it, it could be much more easily controlled. Second thing, there could be a revolt of the MLAs. Well, I'm sure you've been talking about this on your program. They say again and again, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have a vote of non-confidence. We're gonna have 10 MLAs cross the floor and become independents. We're gonna show Jason Kenney who's boss. And what happens every time that's promised, including recently in Calgary, we're all standing outside waiting for the big decision. What happens to the non-confidence vote? It doesn't happen. Hmm. So if you're asking me, do you think the conservative MLAs will bounce them? So far, they have been gutless. Cowards. Talkers, not walkers. We were told, by the way, at the convention, there was going to be visible displays of defiance. Yeah, People sitting on their hands you know, crossed over, sitting on their hands, not not uh, cheering, not clapping, not standing up and, and applauding. Did that happen? No. We heard there were people who were going to go to the microphone at the bear pit and take on the premier. Did that happen? No. We were told MLAs would be available for interviews and they would say, this, this, uh, this convention means nothing. Jason Kenney must go. Did that happen? No. So rule out a caucus revolt unless they get some testicular fortitude in the next few weeks. As far as the leadership review, we'll find out in a couple of weeks 
how they set it up. But as I said, the board members are Kenny people. So I should ask you a question. You're the interviewer. Go ahead. Would you really, would you really trust a leadership review set up by the UCP? Buddy, I wouldn't trust anything done by the UCP under Jason Kenny. I mean, if you're, I mean, in my mind, you, you want to know why Rachel Notley? Oh, he could survive. So he could survive until 2023. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, nobody wants that to happen more than Rachel Notley. You notice how conspicuously absent the NDP has been throughout this entire dust up over the past number of months within UCP caucus and the lawsuit from the former staffer and the 17 MLAs signing the letter and then the 22 constituency associations signing on. You notice that the NDP really hasn't said anything because the worst thing that happens to Rachel Notley's bid to become premier again is for the conservatives to have 18 months under a passable likable enough decent but reputable new leader right someone like travis taves comes in and people don't really know much about him but he was the finance minister's kind of a steady eddie type vibe and so yeah maybe yeah. okay travis taves right but but in the meantime i mean if they can keep if rachel can keep jason in that position polling around 20 percent, the ndp are loving every passing week wouldn't you agree well, I think they should actually put their foot off the gas even a little more because I I recall when Wild Rose really went after Redburn hammered her about cronyism and corruption in government, and sure enough, what happened? She was gone. Um, again, I think there are people within uh, the government who actually don't agree with you, and they think that uh, Rachel is scared of Kenny, believe it or not. I mean, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a very alternate universe. I yeah. mean, I would love, I would love, I would love to do. This is my dream call, is to throw a dart at the map in Calgary. Just throw a dart wherever it lands. I get to take Jason Kenny door to door for an afternoon in whatever Calgary neighborhood that dart lands, and just let the people speak, not me speak. Not him speak, let the people speak. And I think even polite Calgarians will probably have something to say to him. And again, these are not, you know, NDPers necessarily. These are not people on Twitter. These are not even people who read my column or, uh, you know, watch your show. If these are people who just are people, are voters. I mean, I talk to them. I talk to them at coffee shops. You don't have to me. you don't have to keep feigning this modesty where you say people that don't read your columns. You you are one of at least two people I see in Canada. Rex Murphy's the other one. People love you or hate you. They read your column. Right. You know, they do, Rick. And you, you only get there after a sustained effort because your, you, your columns get people talking regardless of their political perspective. It's what I actually really appreciate about what you do. Don't always agree with you. Perfectly fine. I want to ask you about Calgary. It's been your hometown for a long time, uh, Winnipeg boy, but you've been buttering your bread in Calgary. Jody Gondek, uh, your new mayor, uh, gives us an exclusive morning after the election. I say, what's the first thing across your desk? She says, declaring a climate emergency. 
Some people like W. Brett Wilson think that's the most idiotic thing they've ever heard. And other folks, we, we talked to environmental lawyers. We've talked to economists. Uh, they've said, hey, man, this could translate into jobs. This could be a really new surge of investment for Calgary. What do you make of the comment? Is it focused in the right direction? And what are your early impressions of Calgary's new mayor? Well, I really haven't. I mean, I've chatted with her a couple of times. I always take a wait and see. You know, you, you've heard the term many times. There's a political honeymoon. So I'm usually at the end of the year, I do a, a grade on Calgary City Council. I will not be doing that uh, this time because, of course, they just got elected. So I, I want to take a little bit of time and I'm not trying to weasel out of the question. A little bit of time to to see a pattern, see what's happening before I really evaluate. I want to be fair to Mayor Gondek. But you've hit on a big topic in Calgary because that election result for conservatives in Calgary was a shocker on Shock Street. She wins by 15 points. Yep. She wins every ward in the city. Gondek. And, I mean, I think that that should be a warning sign for the topic we're discussing this morning. And, and the climate emergency, people are going, that is it. It is over. The, what's left of the downtown will be empty the day after. Uh, all these people were supposed to be outraged about Nenshi and about city council. And I wrote about it extensively, so full disclosure. What was the turnout? Lousy. Even with no mayor in the saddle. Even with most of the council seats vacant. So where was the outrage? Where were the people lining up around the block to vote for a conservative candidate? And let it be known that the conservative candidate that was running for mayor, what was one of the fatal decisions he made? You're talking about Jeremy Farkas. What was it? To be the only city council member Uh to vote against a city vaccine passport. Yeah. Because once he did that, he was perceived of as a Kenny guy, and Kenny is not popular in Calgary. I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe you just said that either. I got Rick fucking Bell on the show saying that Jason Kenny is not popular in Calgary. I'll tell you what, if you get him to sign on to the throwing the dart, going door to door thing, we'll, we'll, we'll supply the cameras. We can do it as a collaborative, independent slash legacy media project. I love it. Hey, Rick, people, you know, Calgary's changing more than people think. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we got to move and you got to call him to write. Nancy beat Bill Smith last municipal election when everybody thought that was going to be a landslide too. I mean, I was sitting in the saddle dome during a flames game and you got bill smith ads just swirling around the concourse the flames had him on board for the new arena support everybody wanted bill smith or so we thought until nancy won that third term in closing quick question from jill sincerely i don't think she's trying to troll you maybe she is she's watching live and she says welcome to the show mr bell she says would we be better off with rachel I can't, I, I'm not weaseling out. I, as I say, I'm in the press box. I'm watching and seeing what happens. You don't come that's on. My, this is the safest the, I've no, seen you in 10 years. Job. I have never, I have never, 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 never endorsed a I am not, this is what people don't understand. I'm a columnist. I'm a news columnist. You know my column. How many times have you seen me just off the top of my head? write a thumb sucker 
just sit at home and go, I think today I'm going to talk about my impressions of the meaning of life and whether I like the taste of turnips or not. <laughs> Never. So my job is not to endorse Kenny or endorse Rachel or say that one is better than the other. But what I will promise to Jill and everybody else is I will watch both of them. I will uh, catalog their virtues, their sins, and I won't hide any of that. But my job is to be on the front line uh, calling it as I see it. And I'll let these other pundits, these people far smarter than me, far more profound, far more in touch with uh, the uh, intelligentsia of the nation mm. to actually uh, come up with their uh, you know, prognostications of who would be better or who would be worse. I, I, guys like me only get in trouble when we go out on that limb. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you didn't invoke Laurentian elites. And for that, we will award you two points on the Real Talk scoreboard. Rick Bell, we hoped you would deliver like you do in print. And boy, did you ever. Thanks for giving us a part of your morning. We sure appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Enjoy your show. You as well. That's Rick Bell. You can read his work in the Calgary Sun. I was really looking forward to that conversation. I love that guy, man. I mean, I know. Shocker on Shocker Street. Shocker on Shocker Street. I love it. Like, just the way he uses words. There's about 30 things he just said. I'm going to need to go back and write them all down and brazenly steal them. But I love that. Testicular fortitude. Testicular fortitude. (laughs) I loved. I had to write that's it like, down. That's oh like a, a little more gendered edition of truculence, test truculence and testicular fortitude. You Amazing. can have like truculence playing the main stage, opening for them, testicular fortitude, right? I, lo- I love it on Twitter. We've got people saying, "I can't believe I'm requesting this," but more Rick Bell. I guarantee that we will have more Rick Bell. That was one of my favorite interviews that Mm. we've done. That was absolutely fantastic. Hey, our friends at Breathe Outdoors, we've been telling you, of course, that they've just completed an amazing refresh. They're out there. You've known them as Campers Village, right? Since the 1960s. Look at this new, I mean, they're doing unbelievable stuff at breatheoutdoors.ca, all the top brands. And of course... You know, everybody's talking about Black Friday and how these sales are starting up. Well, we want to let you know they've got a whole bunch of brands at like 20, 25, 30% off. Most of the discounts are starting on Thursday this week. That's tomorrow. A few of them, like Icebreaker at 35% off, which if you know outdoor gear, Icebreaker at 35% off is a big deal. That starts on Friday. You can check out more at breatheoutdoors.ca slash black dash Friday. And of course, we invite you to let them know that Real Talk sent you. A big shout out to our friends at McBain Camera. Speaking of sales, speaking of a perfect time of year to invest in your photography, maybe some of the video work that you're doing, our friends at McBain want you to know that the Nikon Black Friday sales are now on. Capture your iconic moments with the classically styled Nikon ZFC camera. It's got those beautiful precision carved aluminum dials with the engraved markings, mechanical controls for shutter speed, which is a big deal. And then it's got this awesome screen that hides away when you're not using it. So compact is the name of the game. If you buy right now, you save $100 on the Nikon ZFC plus that 16 to 50 millimeter lens. You'll love it. Just wide enough, Sam. Hey, 16 millimeters. Perfect. Just $13.99.99. $13.99.99 includes a free roots shoulder bag plus great gift ideas. Visit McBain.com. 
Nikon.com, McBainCamera.com today, uh, and you can see their full list of Nikon Black Friday deals. McBain, create to inspire. Yeah, 16 is like 12 millimeters is kind of like the world, maybe 10, 12 millimeters, like the world through the eyes of a fish, like a little bit distorted, but 16 is a nice wide angle. 16 is where it doesn't get, uh, doesn't get like bowed out there. I mean, like my, yeah. my camera here is, it's like, and you see on the wide camera, it's actually yeah. pretty close to me. This is at about 16 millimeters. That's about 16 this millimeters. Is about 16. That's yeah. great perspective. And then 50 is nice for kind of your standard portrait shot. So that's a great daily driver lens. You can find out more at McBainCamera.com. Uh, Cor Blund and High Rivers Mayor Craig Snodgrass coming up in just a bit. We're going to get an update on what's going on with coal coal exploration in the eastern slopes. This is one of the top stories that Canadians have been paying attention to, in particular Western Canadians. There are watershed implications. There's a ton of implications. Let me just say environmental and industry implications to this. That's coming up in just a little bit. Plus, we're going to take you to the mountains in just a moment. It's part of a Wednesday tradition here on the show. But but first, I wanted to get into some reflection based on our show yesterday. It was our one year anniversary. And, and thank you for indulging us in marking some of the high water moments for the show in taking some of the criticism around how we can do better. And we will. And also, of course, in celebrating the two guests that Sarah booked for us yesterday, uh, the unbelievable Malcolm Gladwell, although I left a question on the table and it drove me crazy all day yesterday. And then Marie Hennon, who I think was absolutely amazing. So Malcolm, what Gladwell, was the question? So so, so Malcolm Gladwell, MG, his his uh, his initials MG. I'm not sure if anyone's read his blog. O M G, and he's he's he just wrote a blog post a few days ago about the University of Austin, and it's being founded by a whole bunch of conservatives. Uh, Malcolm himself writes, and you can just search it yourself, read it. You won't regret it. It's worth a few minutes. He says, "I'm." He goes, "I typically lean a little bit left in my in my ideology." He says, "But young left leaners or young liberals should attend the University of Austin." He said, "It's great to confront." Uh, you know, different points of view and, and conflicting points of view. And, and I wanted to pick his brain on that. But you know what? Sometimes in an interview like happened yesterday, we started talking uh, about reconciliation. We started talking about cultural appropriation of music. And, 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 the, and that just burned a few minutes in a good way. It just meant that I left that big University of Austin question on the table. And it's kind of it would kind of address, though, the bedrock of this show. And so that's why I was disappointed. It's not the first time in my career where I've been walking the dog going, damn it. That was the case yesterday. You know, we'll just have to have him back. We'll just have to have him. Could you just book him back? Could yeah, you just you go betcha. get Malcolm Gladwell again? That'd you be great. Betcha. So we told you, thanks to the the amazing generosity of an anonymous real talker, they don't want to be identified. Uh, despite me saying, let me mention your business. They go, nah, we had $500 uh, to, to simply say thank you to an audience member that took a listen or took a watch of yesterday's show and shared a highlight with us online. We picked at random a winner. And so uh, we wanted to recognize Janine and Janine, uh, Janine Wasmuth. We, we were really excited to hear that you had checked out our conversation with Malcolm Gladwell. You said my highlight uh, with Gladwell was the idea that we should be asking about the moral impulse behind motivation to make this world a better place. Uh, says Janine, it's not a weird question. It's the right question. Janine says, I really want to read his book right now. The moral impulse behind motivation. The jumping off point there, talking about Paul Simon uh, traveling to different parts of the world and, and and using those, adopting those musical traditions. And we got into whether or not that flies 
today with artists who, as Mr. Gladwell put it, are preferred typically to stay in their cultural lane. If you missed the conversation, his take on it wasn't exactly where I thought he'd go. Uh, And I really appreciated that. Janine, you say you want to read his book. Well, now you'll be able to pick up a copy because we're going to be in touch with you and we're going to be sending you $500 by way of a uh, essentially a cash gift card. So thanks to the Real Talker, the viewer that made that possible, that made that happen. I love it. We also got a whole bunch of emails yesterday, like from Curtis to talk at RyanJesperson.com. Curtis wrote in to me and he said, I'll tell you one thing through the first year of real talk i've been led to believe that people like me don't have a place in your audience curtis and i wrote back and i said hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I wrote him back and, and i said uh, like i can't write back i can't respond to every email uh to be quite honest i can't read every email hoyle's does does an amazing job uh and katie a member of our team behind the scenes but but i read as many as i can but ones like Curtis, that really that really kind of gets on, like not gets under my skin. That's the wrong way to put it. It, it kind of bothers me like it, it kind of makes me concerned. And I reached out and I, and I said, what do you mean, pal? Elaborate. And so he writes in, he says, it, it seems and maybe I'm wrong that unless one is all in with the views of the majority of the audience or you that they will be made to regret it. He says, no, I'm not saying that it's your or even the audience's intention. It may just be an inevitability of the society, the society we're in to, to hear you talk of trying to include dissenting views is encouraging to me. It may just take some seeing to believe. He says, I've been a fan for years. Um, he says, you know, when you're on Chad and, and with this new show, he says, I've been left with a bitter taste that dissenters aren't welcome. Curtis says, or maybe I'm just getting old and I'm losing touch with a changing world. I'd hate to see you locked in an echo chamber. Either way, congratulations on one year. I wish you well. So I wrote Curtis back a personal message, which will stay between us. And and I've said, Curtis, people like you are so important to this audience because who knows what Curtis's descending view is on what subject. But the whole point of this is we've endeavored and we've promised, as a matter of fact, that we will bring you courageous and uncomfortable conversations every single weekday at 1030 Eastern at 830 Mountain. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So if you take a look back at our guest roster, I think you will find that we do run the spectrum. Now, typically I'll talk to somebody. There was someone anonymous uh, on Twitter this morning, some kind of sock account that was coming at me saying, you know, climate science to you is settled and you won't have these dissenting voices. I go like who, but I have a pretty clear idea who they'd like to have on. We're not going to bring on, as we used to say back in the day, dolts. I'm not going to bring on morons that have no idea what they're talking about that are, in fact, steering us in the wrong direction. People have said through COVID-19, Real Talk only brings on the scientists. They only talk about the data and the evidence. Correct. But in other types of arenas, when we're talking about things that are less black and white, that are less evidence driven, that are more matters of opinion, I promise you that there will always be a place for different views and healthy debate on the show. And Curtis, your email meant a lot to me. Now, every Wednesday, we have the distinct honor of of heading out to the mountains with our good friends from Tourism Jasper. It's a feature that we call My Jasper Memories. And in today's edition, we celebrate Jasper's cabin culture we invite you to get cabin cozy this winter there's nothing that brings on the warm fuzzies quite like cuddling up to a crackling fireplace can we all agree log cabin the snow's falling outside the window you know what i'm talking about did you know there are nearly 500 cabins up for rent in jasper 
from cozy riverside cabins, these luxurious log refuges, I mean, that British royalty have stayed in. Most of them aren't open through the winter, but the ones that are, we wanted to put on your radar. It's never too late to make your winter season plans in Jasper National Park. What about Bear Hill Lodge, located in a really peaceful corner of Jasper? Uh, Bear Hill Lodge's accommodation is the only cabins that are right in town, and there's a ton of different options depending on the size of your group. Real wood-burning fireplaces, earthy furnishings, I love this. I mean, rich in texture, honest comforts. Look, beautiful stuff. Fully equipped kitchens is what people love there. Then there is the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. Maybe my favorite place on planet Earth. Uh, cabins that wrap around the shores of the pristine Lac Beauvert and Canada's number one golf resort. Surrounded by nature, abundant wildlife. I'd almost guarantee you'll see elk while you're out there. This 700-acre year-round luxury resort offers activities for all, including the luxurious Fairmont Spa. You have to check it out. The Overlander Mountain Lodge is worth a visit. I guarantee it. Spectacular views. They've got the award-winning Stone Peak Restaurant, which is really great and ultra comfortable lodging it's located on the eastern edge of jasper national park their accommodations include the lodge mountain view which people love you can get them with kitchenettes they're pet friendly and they're open year round and finally i love this place if you're coming in from hinton on highway 16 that's when my heart this is when i start to get really excited you hit the the friesen brothers in hinton and then you hit you hit the pocahontas cabins situated at the start of the Miette hot springs road off the yellowhead they're like 30 minutes from the jasper town site they have an on-site playground you can enjoy in the summer a heated outdoor pool and of course in the winter plenty of perks the peaceful serenity of a quieter season. They have kitchens, balconies, and you can barbecue yourself. I love it. The historic past of Jasper National Park on display. You can check out more about these cabins. Follow the links at jasper.travel slash real talk. And we would love to see your photos, your video. You can share them with us anytime. Make sure you use the hashtag MyJasper and the hashtag RealTalkRJ and you could see your memories featured on the next edition of My Jasper Memories. Well, it's been a while. I mean, we do our best to stay on top of stories that matter to Canadians, stories that are making headlines around the world, and of course, a lot of the stories that nobody's talking about. That's kind of part of the point of a show like this. It's been a while since we checked in on the movers and the shakers that are pushing back against coal exploration in the eastern slopes of the Rockies. And it's a real pleasure to welcome back to the program the mayor of High River, his worship, Craig Snodgrass, and award-winning and beloved singer-songwriter, Corb Lund. Fellas, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you here. Corp, let me start with you. I mean, you were one of the first prominent voices, one of the first known Canadians, people might say, to step up in defense of this part of the Rocky Mountains. So what's been happening over the past few months? Well, not a lot on the public scene because the coal consultation committee has been doing their work and... Um, trying to get uh, the opinions of Albertans uh, logged so they can submit that to the government. Um, the coal companies in the background have been stepping up their efforts to uh, use PR and, and influence to try and convince uh, municipalities and everybody else that this stuff is a good idea. And it's kind of a drag because all the work that all of us have put into this, it's still going on and it's been out of the news, but it's for sure still going on. And in my opinion, the government still plans to plow ahead with this stupid idea. So we're still fighting it. Mayor, is that, how accurate? Are you? Is that no. accurate? Craig? 
Yeah, uh, Mayor. How about how about from your office? I mean, I mean, what have you been seeing? What's what have you been doing? Uh, what can you control at this point? What's your assessment? Yeah, just kind of like what Corb said. We went, you know, Corb did a few things over the summer, and uh, we did a couple of things, but kept it fairly quiet to allow the coal policy committee to do their work in the public consultation. That was extremely important that um, that they were kind of allowed the freedom to to do what they were doing. Um, and then, of course, our, on our end, we went through municipal elections and uh, coal mining did come up in, in the town of High Rivers municipal elections. And, um, you know, it was really good to see because there was 14 candidates for, for the council positions and two of us for mayor. And uh, all of us came out in support of what what the town had previously been done. So fighting against these coal mines. So. Um, that was important to me that, you know, once I won the seat back, then our new council uh, to bring it back to them as to the coal policy that we had actually created um, on our own and delivered to all the municipalities in Alberta, including Indigenous and had a bunch of businesses sign on with us as well. But um, so that's the work that we were doing. And just on Monday, we had one of our first council meetings with the new group and I rewound that and I was able to get unanimous support from our current council. All the new councillors unanimously supported um, our coal policy um, proposed, which basically means an end to coal mining in Alberta. Mayor, I'm not sure when, when you made your debut on this show back on January 13th of 2021, uh, you uttered a phrase uh, that I'm happy to tell you in a vote of hundreds of real talkers by way of our Y station question of the week was voted the number six moment overall in the first year of real talk. This was uh, uh, Mayor Craig, uh, Mayor Snodgrass uh, told us uh, audience members, if you weren't tuned in that day, he told us that he didn't vote conservative in the last provincial election. You don't usually get a mayor saying that. And, and, and I said, well, why not? Why didn't you vote for Jason Kenney? And, and here's what the mayor had to say. I did not vote for Jason Kenney because at the time, in my opinion, he was just full of shit through that whole election and the false promises and the things he was promising people that you'd actually don't have control to do that. Top six moment overall, pal, in 227 shows. You then go on to achieve re-election. Did you see that essentially as an endorsement of the stance that you've taken? If, if the people of High River didn't like what you were doing or the position you're taking on coal, they could have sent you packing. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. That's what elections are for, right? Is that... Uh... You know, if you go around and you're, and you're full of shit for people, they're going to send you. Um, it's interesting when you had Malcolm Gladwell on yesterday. I'm sorry I, I missed that. But man, what an interview that would have been because he's got a fantastic book out called Talking to Strangers. And it's all about that is how to figure out who's yeah. full of shit. I can lives, confirm, right? uh, Craig, that it was a phenomenal interview the interviewer the interviewer so skilled uh it was unbelievable to watch him at work hey corb back on the 19th uh of october right you released this this new tune this is my prayer it's a re-release but you collaborated with a whole bunch of country stars um and 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 it's essentially i guess is it an anti-coal anthem can can you tell us how corb london friends this is my prairie came about yeah, it's an old song I wrote 10 or 12 years ago, and it was fiction at the time. But uh, thanks to the government, this is sort of it's sort of become a reality. So it's about uh, landowner rights and it's about uh, extraction issues. And yeah, uh, 
when I first started making noise about this, some of the first people to support me on Twitter and stuff were some of my friends in country music, uh, Brett Kissel and uh, Terry Clark and Paul Brandt and those guys. And it occurred to me that it might be a powerful statement to get us all together singing the song. And it's, it's notable that none of the people that I've mentioned are known to be um, raging left-wing yeah. fanatics. Right? These are all rural people. These are all people with conservative listener bases. And it puts it, the, the stuff about uh, the premier said about this being about nothing but urban busybodies is just complete bullshit. It's, it's rural people. It's urban people. It's first nations people. It's everybody. Nobody wants these coal mines. Nobody wants them except for a handful of people in Crozenest Pass and want the jobs and the government people who I don't know if somebody's getting paid or what, but they will not back off of it. And the thing is like, as the polls continue to mount, like it seems it started off the one last year I heard was 70% of Albertans were against these things. Every number I hear gets higher. And Ron Wallace, the head of the uh, coal consultation committee stated that he estimates 85% of the responses he's getting are, are strongly against this coal stuff. So I don't know, it's just ridiculous and it's stupid and it's short-sighted and I'm more pissed off than I was to begin with because I put so much time into this and so is Craig and so have a lot of us. And we're Albertans, we're not foreign funded. We're Albertans who just don't want our water messed up and don't want the Rockies destroyed. And, you know, I've dug my heels in now. And this, this is a message to whoever wants to lead the province, whether it's the, the current premier or a new leader of the UCP or a leader of a further right party that might break off or the leader of the NDP, I don't care. I'm not going away and neither is Craig and none of these people are going away until we get no coal mining in the Rockies period. We don't care about category two or four. It doesn't matter what category it is. We're not going away. So anybody who wants to take that position, if they want to horse trade categories or whatever, that's not going to work because we got a light on them and we're watching them really close and we know about this shit and they should just tell the coal companies from Australia to go home. Preach. I love it. Corb, I, I'm not going to ask you. I don't want to put you in a tough spot because you're a classy guy. And it'd be a bad move on my part. So let me say it out loud. You've alluded to it. These other country singers that participated with you, two in particular, I'd like to note Paul Brandt, who I've got a lot of respect for, I really like Paul. Uh, but Paul's chairing the premier's task force on human trafficking. He's directly tied to this government. Brett Kissel is, does business, is a business partner of W. Brett Wilson's. He plays all of his parties. He does all of his events. Brett Wilson's called for environmentalists to be hanged for treason. I mean, like it's remarkable in particular to have Brett Kissel, who I also like personally, to have him on this project. It says a lot and why I think it's important that you have this song out and you get people talking and you get country stars and other notable Albert involved in this is that no offense mayor snodgrass and i know you're not going to take offense to this but we're all the same way we know what Corb's alluding to once we start talking about committees and policies mm -hmm. and rankings and uh, people's people that care even them their eyes glaze over nobody no it's, it's tough to stay focused on that stuff government counts on the fact that we have a hard time staying focused on that stuff doesn't it craig oh yeah absolutely and that's that's the thing about <clears throat> You know, what Corb was, was talking about with the upcoming election is that this isn't going away and this is not, you know, there's been stuff that's come out of the Crow's Nest Pass recently talking about, the, you know, the influence of American money and coming into this cold committee. And it's just BS from start to finish. And the only foreign funded money that's coming into this province right now with the coal stuff is the Aussies money. That's it. So, you know, 
you're being very hypocritical to, to pin that on, on anybody in this province that this coal fight is foreign funded. It's not. It's BS. It's just us. It's just Albertans. I don't care left, right, up, down. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, the word, this, the word foreign, like there's such, it, it's just so funny to like the Australian coal miners, they are foreign. Like the, yeah. the foreign ones are the ones fucking up the eastern slopes. That's the whole yeah. point. Am I, I'm not wrong. No, no you're bang, bang on. That's totally right. And the, and all the coal is going to be going to Asia as well. So Mayor Snodgrass is right. The only significant foreign influence in this whole mess is the is the Australian coal companies? That's the only foreign significant foreign influence in any of this. And I don't see why the government can't get it through their heads that there's no there's no shadowy behind the scenes moving uh, moving parts here. It's Albertans that don't want their water messed up and that don't want the Rockies messed up. It's really simple. And and you said something earlier, um, Ryan. All the committee stuff and all the legislation and the policy talk is super important work, and that has to get done. And and there's people in place doing that. But it's pretty simple. It's really quite simple. I don't care how they do it. I don't care how they word it. As long as the final result is we don't want any new coal mines in the Rocky Mountains, period. It's really simple. And everybody in the province who's against it can understand that. It's not it's not as complicated as the government wants to make it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's really simple. OK, so I want to ask you guys this in closing. I appreciate your advocacy so much and your your continued availability uh, to this show. And I can ask you both the same question. Mayor, with regards to a call to action, you've got engaged Canadians. You're going to have Albertans that care very deeply. Uh, but but again, when we're talking watershed, Corb's pointed this out on the show before. It doesn't just affect the people whose ranches are right next to these rivers who are looking up at these beautiful mountain peaks. We're talking about pro- Provinces across the country. Mayor, what's the call to action? Well, the number one thing is to be watching for when the coal policy committee delivers their uh, report to Alberta Energy. Um, and December 31st is the day that's due. And that's very important for people to be watching for that date and, and, and watching for that report to be released. Now, the committee's posted pretty much everything on their website, so you can see where it's headed. But it's going to be real interesting to see what the Kenny government, as much trust as I have with Sonia Savage, and I do, I still do, um, but what the de- energy department and what the rest of cabinet and the other MLAs, um, you know, do is you've got to be paying attention to this one. And, you know, the, the election's coming up, what, spring of 23? Mm. Um, you need to be, everybody needs to be speaking to anybody that's putting their hand up to be a new MLA. We've got one down here in our area. Um, Keith Carlson with the Alberta party, you know, he's got his hand up. So, but, and Barry Morishita now leading the Alberta party. You know, I want to know where they're at with, with, uh, with this coal mining thing, because I am not sold (laughs) with, with any party as much as I'm called a socialist now, just because I voted NDP as a once, right. I'm just this horrible socialist. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a communist all of a sudden. So I don't know. You might be getting off easy there, mayor, uh, Corb to your millions of fans across the country, uh, including in your home province, what's the call to action? It's tough because, like you said earlier, the government wants to drag this out and make people tired of it because we got hockey practice and we got to work and stuff. But you just have to stay on it and dig in for a long fight and be vigilant and educate yourselves and talk about it with people and write your MLA, write your MP, write your uh, local municipal politicians and go to the protests and sign the petitions and just keep on it. The biggest thing is it's going to be a long fight. And I'm not shutting up, and neither is the mayor, and neither of any of us, until we have legislation in place that stops new coal mines anywhere in the Rocky Mountains. 
Love it. And, uh, that's it. Thanks, fellas. Uh, great to see both your faces, as always. That's High Rivers Mayor, uh, Craig Snodgrass. It's Country Star, uh, Corb Lund. You know, Craig uttered that clip on January 19th. That was uh, the one where, where he stated why he didn't vote United Conservative last election. January 13th, it was six days before then, Corb made his debut on the show. You may remember his, his power had gone out. And he was joining us from his phone. He had just enough reception to be able to do the interview. And then he gave us this. This is the tune we're talking about. This is that Corblund classic. This is my prayer. Now, you can go back in our archives on the podcast on YouTube to that January 13th episode to check out this full magical moment. But but here's a quick look back. This is my prairie. And this is my home. And don't make my stand here. And I'll die alone They can drill and they can mine All my smoldering bones This is my prairie And this is my home That was Corblund on Real Talk that our January 13th episode, and you can find that on our podcast or our YouTube archives. The team at Kubi Energy feels like a perfect time to mention what they're doing in the field of sustainable energy. At kubienergy.ca today, you can go get your free quote on solar energy solutions to power your life, whether you're running a big uh, industrial complex, uh, maybe you're the one that's running the family farm, or maybe it's your cabin, or it might be your main residence if you're looking to install solar panels or upgrade ones you had installed years before the team at kubi energy is up for the job at kubienergy.ca the team at local waste has been with us since day one as a matter of fact before day one they've been keeping it local with construction commercial and residential waste and recycling collection you need a bin for a renovation project maybe you're looking to tear down an old garage before you rebuild it whatever the case may be they are in the bin business if you've got a business maybe you need something more permanent maybe you got a restaurant or a retail location they'd love to talk to you about getting you a better deal than what you're currently paying your current provider you can find out more at localwaste.ca our friends at the dairy queens of northwest edmonton and sherwood park have been in our corner and we celebrate our first year along with them it was great to hear from them yesterday they've got their flamethrower burger in the spotlight this month this is that one 100 all beef patty with that fiery flamethrower sauce they've got that warm toasted bun you've come to expect a jalapeno pepper bacon it's a real beauty you make sure when you visit the dairy queens in palisades nemeo newcastle westmount and baseline road you let them know that real talk sent you I wanted to make time for another email here from Travis, who was in touch with us yesterday. He said, I wanted to wish the entire team a huge hearty congratulations on one year of the show. What an absolute blessing Real Talk has been. While my work situation has changed, I can't, he says, I can't tune in live anymore every morning. I still haven't missed an episode. Travis, that's unbelievable. 228 of them now he's watched he says real talk makes me laugh it's made me cry it's made me want to speak up and demand better of our elected officials he says i can't wait to hear the interview on coal travis i hope it delivered for you he says real take real talk has made me want to be a better person it's made me more empathetic it's inspired me to learn and have a better understanding of the issues that everyday people face 
Travis says, sometimes I think the show's maybe outgrown that little New Year's Eve Patreon gathering from 2020. I don't know, Sam. Just wait till he finds out about our Christmas Eve morning plan. He says, but damn, I'm proud to be a small little part of this amazing community. I still blush and I get anxious about the time that you shared my photos of wolves during positive reflections back in April. Sam, you remember that one. Those photos were unbelievable. Yes, I've not. You immediately I, I saw it in your face. You immediately remembered them. I, I, when just, I, mentioned I just did it. one of these. Yeah, those were amazing. Were I'm glad we drew that line back to Travis. He says real talk may have grown into a, a pretty bird or a majestic Canada goose that can now fly. But I hope you never migrate south or anywhere else for that matter, unless it's a better opportunity. Yada, 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 says Travis. Thank you for the past year. But then he found something to criticize me on. He says, P.S. It's all your fault. For getting me absolutely hooked on Friesen Brothers. He says, I absolutely love it there. He says, I'm still hoping for some cinnamon buns to show up under the tree this year. Well, the good news is, Travis, that even if the cinnamon buns don't show up under your tree, you can still find them at 16 Friesen Brothers locations across the province. You can also find their Bergenland Christmas cake. This is an annual treat with a Christmas rich tradition. That's Granny Loveson that you're seeing there. An absolutely legendary figure in the history of Friesen Brothers. She's one half, some might say the better half, of the founding couple, if you know what I mean. Granny, what an absolutely wonderful human being. Friesen Brothers has been family-owned since inception. It's what sets them apart. When you walk into a Friesen Brothers, you see big black and white archive photos. These are the people, the butchers, the bakers, the sausage makers that have been making this thing happen for more than 65 years. Friesen Brothers, Alberta grown and Alberta owned. Hoyles, before we go, there's something that people are paying attention to way, way, way high up in the sky. It's the stuff of sci-fi movies. And of course, as the editorial producer of this show, you're always keeping your eye on about a million things at once. So, so what's shaking? What's this, what's this deal? But this sounds like Bruce Willis in Armageddon. They're going to send a bunch of drillers up to save planet Earth. What's happening? Well, they're trying to figure out if, if there's an asteroid that's you know, hurtling towards Earth, can they, you know, avoid tragedy just like you know we don't want to end up like the dinosaurs right yeah so they figured out they're going to give this a go they're going to try shooting it's actually happening right now this is called nasa's dart mission that's right they shot it up this morning and they're trying to divert an asteroid something that's actually coming towards we're safe we're fine okay so we're not it's not time to panic quite yet not yet but they're giving it a go because there's something headed our way and uh a great astrophysicist kind of explained it yeah nobody i think uh, garners more immediate respect i mean maybe other than david suzuki right everybody maybe other than david suzuki i'm just i'm just prepping you for eat your words tomorrow i'm just getting ready i'm just turning up the temperature for eat your words tomorrow but neil degrasse tyson had, had a great interview on cnn and here's a quick bit of it if you look at movies about this sort of thing they what they want to do is blow the sucker out of the sky you know we're we're very good at blowing stuff up because we have no end of weaponry to do this but that's not the wisest path all engineering calculations tell us because if you blow something up while we're good at blowing it up we're not as good as knowing where the pieces will end up so it's it's safer and it's more controlled to deflect an asteroid from harm's way and what we found is a double asteroid so the da in the bart stands for double asteroid uh, redirect test and we know the orbit of the 
the, the moon, the moonlit, if you will, that's about the size of a, of a football stadium, and it's in orbit around its host asteroid. And we know that orbit with good enough precision mm. that if we slam our spacecraft into the moon, it will alter that orbit, mm. and it should alter it in a measurable way. And if we succeed at that, it's like, oh yes, wow. now we have methods and tools to deflect asteroids that we may one day discover have our name on it. So, so what do you do for a living? Well, like help people with their car insurance needs, and I help them find better rates. And what do you, uh, what do you do? Oh, I redirect asteroids. Yeah. So, so when asteroids are hurtling toward planet Earth to end all of humanity in one snuffed out tiki torch move, you know what? I'm never gonna forget these khaki pant red golf shirt wearing jerks for wrecking tiki torches right i want to make a survivor reference and now all i can think about is charlottesville i'm you know you know people talk about how the gay community stole the rainbow what about the people that stole the tiki torches how come they're never in the crosshairs well they are now because they are just just came down yesterday overnight that they are there's millions and millions of dollars in damages that they are going to be facing because of those tiki torches and charlottesville hang on so the brand that makes tiki torches is suing the people <laughs> no that would be just like oh, oh poetic that would have been unbelievable i'd love to i mean the judge in that case would have to say you're not serious <laughs> what you sold too many of these and that's what you're pissed off about i actually think if there wasn't asteroid and again to, to be clear this is like war of the worlds uh the radio broadcast in the 1930s if you don't know what i'm talking about just google it they air this thing about an alien invasion on am radio um and potentially for the last time in human history people believe everything they hear on am radio and so everybody goes into a panic believing that aliens have in fact touched down we want to be clear planet earth is not in danger with regards to this specific dimorphos asteroid however i will say i don't think that mass panic would ensue because where are you going to go what are you going to do i think it would be like one of those moments where evan just goes into um yeah, they go. Right? I, I would go like love call your loved ones. Yeah, be with my be with my loved ones. Give your dog a hug. You know, I, if I'm do, do some real quick online shopping, like buy the things you always wanted. I got a Breitling watch on the way, everybody, and then whammo. You know, I mean, you don't have to deal with the easy monthly payments in that case, right? It's nice and easy. So, so dark. Yeah, well, we could we could kind of do a bit of a deep dive into what's the very last thing you would do. You know, some people would like call their boss and be like, I've always wanted to tell you that. I don't know. I feel like people would probably just be like, you know what? I have limited time. This is just me. I should just speak for myself. Limited time. I'll leave the like the boss can. If you had one hour left on planet Earth, what would you do? I would not call my boss. I mean, no. well, you, you wouldn't I mean, call I, me. I would call you. Sorry. Would you call me to tell me you were coming in the next day or anything like that? Would you do me the courtesy? I mean, what happens if some of us survive? People will be looking to real talk for coverage of the event. Well, I don't need to say fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. You kind of just did. <laughs> no, no, Sam, what would you do if you had an hour left on planet Earth? I don't know. Uh, if, uh, probably just eat like the most decadent food because I yes. know it's not going to it's not yes. going to affect me long term whatsoever. Yes. Handfuls of popcorn just dipped. Just put your hand all the way into the butter and just pull it out and just crush it. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Speaking of popcorn, you're going to need some for tomorrow's episode. We've got Eat Your Words coming up. We'll dig deeper into the David Suzuki comments. Plus, Arno Kopecki is going to join us to explain why BC's flooding isn't just a regional catastrophe. We're going to get to more of your emails as we celebrate all week, quite frankly, one year of Real Talk. We wouldn't be here without you. Plus, 
We have an announcement looming with regards to a new partnership with William H. Macy. Our Patreon supporters will hear about it first. We'll see you tomorrow. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Editorial producer, Sarah Hoyles. Technical producer, Sam Brooks. Managing director, Josh Dunford. Account coordinator, Tanya Franklin. Merchandise operations, Katie Cook-Chivers. Website design, Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Julie Rohr, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Salto, and Nakota Sioux, home to Métis Settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is the flagship property of Relay Communications Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. For more, check out ryanjesperson.com.